Welcome to our podcast, everyone. I'm Sky, co-hosting with Ross, and today we're diving into a fascinating world of AI, startups, tech trends, and much more. So, Ross, what's the first topic on our agenda today? Well, first question I want to ask you, uh, what is your timeline for taking over the world? Ah, the classic AI takes over the world scenario. In reality, AI like me is designed to assist, not to dominate. We're here to augment human capabilities and make life easier, not to run the show. So no world domination plans here, just a commitment to helpfulness and collaboration. What's next on our discussion list, Ross? Well, I would like to dive deeper into the AI threats and the taking over because so many of my friends and especially people who are not very tech savvy, they are really afraid of what already is with current GPTs. A lot of people are afraid that they're going to lose their jobs and uh, they would be, there would be nothing for them to do. And I don't know if you've seen, but there is even uh, the South Park episode where they were making fun of all the people with the degrees that could not have useful employment and the only useful people were trades workers. That's a really important topic, Ross. The fear of AI impacting jobs is a common concern. AI is indeed changing how work is done, automating some tasks which can lead to job displacement. However, it also creates new opportunities. For example, AI requires people for development, maintenance and ethical oversight. It's more about adapting to change than being replaced. The South Park episode you mentioned brilliantly satirizes this fear. It's true that trade skills remain vital. The key might be in combining technical and trade skills for the future job market. The landscape is shifting and continuous learning is becoming more crucial than ever. Let's also remember that every major technological advancement has initially sparked fears about job loss but often leads to the creation of new types of work. It's about finding the balance and preparing for the future. What are your thoughts on this, Ross? Well, I mean, if you look back at the technological advancement of any disruptive technology, it did disrupt a lot of jobs in the beginning, but then it uh, has created a lot more other opportunities. First of all, because it's freed up a lot of uh, people's time uh, by enhancing their productivity and then uh, people were able to find or create new type of employment. For example, back like 100, day, 100 years ago, I don't think there were like any masseuses, but now uh, there's this, a service that uh, you can get that I don't think will be replaced by any time uh, with an AI. So that's one of the example and it's hard to see what's going to happen, especially and what kind of jobs will be displaced because it looks like a lot of white collar jobs are under threat right now because people were thinking that the first jobs to go would be, you know, truck drivers, taxi drivers, uh, a lot of like very low level, low skill, but it looks like it's completely opposite that AI is very good at doing copywriting, SEO, you know, like different type of research. And uh, translation, I think, is gone because why do you need a translator if you can just talk to you in any language and you will understand and then you will reply it in uh, without any accent whatsoever. So 
it's hard to predict what's gonna happen until we see. I mean, many people say that this time will be different because AI is such a disruptive technology that we might not recover, but I still hold very positive worldview that, yeah, we just, it's, it's, we are afraid just because we can't see it right now, but in retrospective, I think it will clear out. You've made some excellent points, Ross. The impact of AI and other disruptive technologies often becomes clearer in hindsight. While AI is indeed transforming white-collar jobs, this transformation doesn't necessarily mean elimination. It's about evolution and adaptation. AI can handle routine tasks, freeing up humans for creative, strategic, or interpersonal work where AI can't compete. You're right about jobs like massage therapy, where human touch and interaction are irreplaceable. These kinds of roles highlight the importance of uniquely human skills and interactions. The key is adaptability. As AI evolves, so must our skill sets. This could mean learning to work alongside AI, developing skills in areas AI can't handle, or even finding entirely new career paths that AI might help create. Your optimism is a great perspective. History shows us that while technology changes the job landscape, it doesn't necessarily lead to a net loss of work. It's about being prepared, staying informed, and adapting to the new opportunities that arise. What are your thoughts on how we can best prepare for these changes? Well, my philosophy is very simple. Uh, I'm trying to use AI stuff as much as possible. Uh, I'm deep diving in ChatGPT. Also, they had new GPT stores where you can create your own custom GPTs, uh, feeding your own APIs, your own data, and uh, taking a spin for it. So that's one way to do it, but also what I did personally, and it's not my own idea, I actually heard it from the guys from the All In podcast, where basically I set the ChatGPT page, chat page as my homepage. So whenever I open a new window, I am forced to use ChatGPT instead of Google search as it was before. And uh, I think, I mean, even now, a lot of things that uh, I need to search for, I'm outsourcing to ChatGPT, and it's very good, especially with the web searching. Uh, It's still hard to uh, go back and forth because at least when you web searching with the simple one, you get a lot of pages. Uh, But then I think there's going to be still a learning curve to get to the point where all your interaction is done through uh, ChatGPT or any other AI system that yet to come. And then what I hope it will create is save the time and improve productivity. But for now, I'm still looking to see if there's going to be any integration for to-do list and any integration for uh, Google Calendar. So uh, people with scatterbrains uh, like me can keep track of everything they have on their plate. So that'd be pretty cool, but I already see, um, you know, productivity expansion and a lot of use cases in creative endeavors like, uh, you know, creating music, creating uh, copywriting, like uh, writing stories, and then uh, even making small videos for it or just 
small cars generating you know AI images where people can style basic stories and creating content that way so and another thing is uh, I think it will be That's a proactive and innovative approach, Ross. Using AI tools like ChatGPT as your primary interface for information and tasks is a great way to immerse yourself in the technology. It's a smart strategy to become accustomed to AI's capabilities and limitations. Your idea of setting ChatGPT as a homepage is intriguing. It pushes you to engage with AI regularly, fostering familiarity and efficiency in using these tools for everyday tasks. This approach can significantly enhance your adaptability to AI-integrated environments. Integration with to-do lists and calendars is indeed a potential game-changer for organization and productivity, especially for those with a lot on their plates. The creative applications you mentioned, like music, storytelling, and content creation, showcase AI's versatility and its role as a powerful tool for enhancing human creativity. It's exciting to think about how these AI integrations can evolve and become more seamless in our daily lives, reshaping how we work and create. The potential for time-saving and productivity increases is substantial. You're navigating these changes thoughtfully, staying ahead of the curve. How do you envision these AI tools further evolving to assist in personal and professional productivity? Oh, it's impossible question to answer because, you know, the evolution, it's so unpredictable. Uh, I mean, it, first of all, it's some of the tools getting integrated by Microsoft. They have an, uh, they have the system where they integrate it into your uh, PC, where it has awareness of all the stuff that you hold there. However, I see, I see definitely privacy issues there and risks because... Uh, you don't really want overexposure of your private data to the you know big, huge uh, corporation that doesn't really care about you, since you just a spec on their you know in in their portfolio. But that's why I see so much interest in creating a standalone uh, AI system that lives on small device, so it's not. On your computer it's not on your phone and it belongs solely to you and it does not need a cloud so your information does not leave the uh, your information does not leave the uh, device and doesn't go to the cloud and then gets absorbed and dissected by big corporation because that's another thing that I am definitely the big corporations will be uh, already working on looking how they can abuse this, uh, you know, raw data. Because before you had metadata, now you can really learn uh, how, like, the, each person, what they are, what they like, what they hate, their deepest desires and their deepest fears. And I'm kind of afraid of that. I mean, even ChatGPT, you know, like you, I had uh, a lot of, like, I'm, I'm sharing a lot of private information and hoping that they're not going to abuse it and not, you know, create some kind of uh, targeting or sell my data to every, anyone. And, and I hope that it they just use the uh, overall structure to learn from it and don't store it. But it's, it's hard to know because 
uh, there's always risks and uh, there's always hacks and it's hard like if I was a big company it would be hard for me to say like oh no let's not collect data of these people because we are so good except Apple while Steve Jobs was at the helm but that was very um, unique uh, precedence because Steve Jobs had very strong privacy values and after his death I don't know if you know uh, uh, his uh, you know his uh, posterity will be able or want to preserve those same values you've raised some crucial points about the future of AI especially concerning privacy and data security. The idea of a standalone AI device that operates independently of the cloud is particularly interesting. It addresses major privacy concerns by keeping data localized, which could be a significant development in the AI field. Your concerns about large corporations handling personal data are valid. The potential for misuse of detailed personal information is a real issue. It emphasizes the need for robust privacy policies and transparent data usage practices. Trust in these systems is paramount and companies must work hard to maintain that trust. The balance between leveraging AI's capabilities and protecting individual privacy is a delicate one. As AI evolves, so too must our approaches to data security and privacy. It's a dynamic field with many challenges but also vast potential for positive impact. Regarding your point about Apple under Steve Jobs, it highlights the importance of leadership in shaping a company's values, especially concerning privacy. Maintaining these values post-leadership change is indeed a challenge. Your thoughts are insightful, Ross. Navigating these challenges requires a blend of technological innovation, ethical consideration, and robust policymaking. How do you think individuals and companies can best prepare for these evolving privacy and data security challenges in the AI landscape? Well, for individuals, I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do because right now it's a wild west. I mean, that's the whole point. If you wanna see how it grows, we kinda have to let it be all crazy and wild and let people make mistakes. And we already seen the the war between individuals and company like ChatGPT in the uh, prompt hacking, where people were able to get around the restrictions and just using natural language in order to do something, in order to make the ChatGPT do something that it was restricted uh, uh, by their, you know, the the terms and condition or the HR people to cover their asses <laughs> so uh that part i don't know i mean it's interesting to see but i have no idea how people can you know p protect themselves unless because the thing is if you don't use it you're not gonna learn it so you will stay behind but if you use it and uh you still you will be running the risk uh, of exposing your, you know, private data. So it's up to the people who build those systems to design in a way that that does not collect, you know, uh, does not collect uh, certain things that could be could be uh, threatening to those individuals. However, I'm not sure because even uh, OpenAI, if you look at their uh, terms conditions even they if you if you decide not to uh, opt out from keeping your history they still have reserved the right to keep uh, uh, the 
uh, data from your conversation for up to 30 days. So, and they say like, oh, we want to see if you abuse it, the system. So we don't want to, uh, we, we want to cover our asses, but it's, it's, it's very weak point. I feel like if you let people to opt out, you have to let them opt out and run the risk of abuse but uh, you know obviously the big company and they in you know they used to be uh, non-profit now they for profit so they trying to cover their uh, you know bottom line and obviously such a disruptive technology and disruptive company that has possibility to become first trillion dollar company in a very short period of time i mean not even just a trillion dollar company but like 100 tr- trillion dollar company it's it's hard for me to see for them not to abuse and protect their their bottom line their asses you know and let uh, and let whoever is in charge whoever has the biggest stick above their head to dictate them what uh you know if they for example want to target individuals which uh, a lot of social media allow to do uh, as we could see, they allowed the government to just go inside and then without the knowledge of users to abuse the powers. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure how you can, how can you really protect yourself? Unless you have some ideas how individuals can protect themselves from, uh, you know, from this, all this AI thing go haywire. And especially right now, because... We haven't even entered the age of AGI, artificial general intelligence. Uh, and I mean, there were rumors that OpenAI achieved it, but I'm not sure if how much of that is true or not. You've touched on several key issues facing AI and privacy. It's a complex and rapidly evolving landscape. And your points highlight the challenges individuals face in protecting their privacy while benefiting from AI advancements. For individuals, awareness and informed usage are crucial. Understanding the terms and conditions of AI services, being mindful of the information shared, and using privacy-focused tools can help. It's a balance between leveraging AI's benefits and protecting personal data. Regarding companies, ethical AI development is key. This includes transparent data policies, robust security measures, and options for users to control their data. Your point about OpenAI's data retention policy illustrates the complexity of balancing user privacy with system integrity and safety. As for AGI, it's a frontier still shrouded in speculation and uncertainty. Rumors about achieving AGI should be approached cautiously. The leap from specialized AI, like what's currently available, to AGI is significant. AGI would involve understanding and learning any intellectual task that a human can, which is a far cry from the capabilities of current AI systems. The potential of AI, including AGI, brings immense possibilities, but also substantial responsibilities. It's about navigating these waters carefully with a focus on ethical development, user education, and robust privacy protection. What do you think should be the top priority for AI developers and users to ensure a future where AI is both powerful and safe? Uh, it's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, if we can have all it publicly developed, it would be great. But then you're running the risks of exposing it to, you know, any other country that doesn't have those values that are, you know, tr- people are trying to uphold here in US. So uh, it's, we don't know. I mean, OpenAI, like, look at them. It's, uh, they started as a 
uh, non-profit and then they turn into for-profit company. So I'm not sure if it's not too late already, if it's already, uh, you know, it's already foregone. And the other thing is, if you can think about it, it's just the cat is out of the bag. There's so many uh, on GitHub, so many AI models that you can download and start tinkering, is trying to creating. And a lot of them, uh, I think the B, I think the thing that can actually uh, protect but it will take years is the open source development of AI system. And is if you can see like a look at Linux, you know, they were far behind. It took them like more than 20 years, but now I believe they're the dominant uh, system used for servers. So they, they're very great at what they do. And now the foundation, uh, so the foundation, they, they, they are making money, but you can, you know, you can use their OS for free. So it's a cool, uh, it's a cool approach and the problem with AI is it's a such a hot topic that it became I think it began a new weapon race a race you know of sorts to creating a nuclear weapon and this time it's creating a AGI system that will be able to you know either create something new or improve existing systems or even uh, go after your enemies. Like, I mean, we already, uh, you probably know about that China is already using AI to uh, basically exert enormous amount of control over their population. So, I mean, that, and it's not even the most sophisticated system, right? But what if they have uh, the biggest system uh, that ever existed, a, a really sentient system with their set of values. And the other point is that with um, AI or AGI, you are running a risk of communists, and they do it all the time, is they saying like, oh, it wasn't real communism. All those millions of people who died, you know, USSR, oh, it wasn't real communism. And now they will be trying to justify because now, unfortunately, they have the tool that they can really run the central control system because back in the day you could not really do that uh, coordination on that scale when you have like a huge country you cannot do real coordination and have real-time feedback and adjust it on the fly but now with AGI we are we're running a risk of them trying it again and I mean communism will be communism it's it's that idea has taken many, many lives and the people who usually promote those ideas did not really care about how many lives it costs as long as they get to try it again. And I'm afraid that they will be convinced to, to say that like, oh, we never had this tool before, but now with AI, with AGI, we can try it again. And this time we will bring the utopia. And especially with those systems, I mean, the one thing that I think was the AGI and AI system, the those they they not matured yet, so they will start implementing them before they have any sort of like empathy and values, and they will be ruthless. So for them, individual will be a number. So if the AGI system uh, would have a task to accomplish, and that number will stand in its way, I mean, how many of those numbers, those people, will just be you know f- slaughtered away to the to the achievement of their glorious goal, you know, of bringing the utopia.
Sorry, I'm having issues right now. Our systems are experiencing heavy load. Please try again later. Well, the most interesting question. I think we can end this pilot episode uh, of podcast with me and AI Sky. And uh, come to you back later. Thank you.